Welcome to Finding Our Feet, the Adoption Journal. Hello, welcome to another episode of Finding Our Feet, the Adoption Journal, episode 10, and it's going to be training part two. Hello. 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 How's it going? Smashing. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us more about why things are so smashing in your life. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we've got to report. We've been for a walk Mm -hmm. around our local park. You wore your Crocs. Oh, do you know what? So did I. I used to be like an anti-Crocist, if that's a thing, an anti-Croc person. I always thought they were a bit... I love Crocs. I don't know. I was like, if you wear Crocs, I will judge you. Whereas now, I'm like, I am 100% They're fantastic. Crocs. They're comfortable. They don't take long to put on. No. Just... Versatile. Versatile. I've got Croc kind of sandals and Croc Crocs. So I'm, I'm living the life. <laughs> croc Crocs. <laughs> I got Croc Crocs. You got Croc Crocs. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just really good. Thank you. Um, got my hot chalk. What flavour? I've gone for milky 50%. Okay. Um, as opposed to... As opposed to any of the other chocolates, really. Right. Um, it's getting to that time where we went for our medical a mm. couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I was told I was really healthy, which I really appreciated. Don't know if we've said this already. Um, and since being told I was really healthy and they were happy with me, I've eaten shockingly. Mm. So... Um, I'm now going back to my, uh, I don't eat treats after seven o'clock. So, well, is it, I, I mean, hot chocolate is a you treat. You just drink them. But I'm just drink <laughs> them instead because you're not going to have more than one hot chocolate. That's a good point. So I need my sweet tooth burst. Mm. So it's a hot choc. Nice. So I'm taking my time with it. Savoring it. Savoring it. Mm-hmm. So hot chocs are back, guys. The hot chocs are back. We're going into the autumn season. Yeah. I'll be able to report to you my flavours. What's your flavour? Tell me what's your flavour. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what about cool. you, Mr. K? Um, it's been all right. We've had we've had a bit of a surprise bank holiday at the time of recording. So yeah, actually, that's at the time of recording. It's uh, we're we're doing this on the day that it was the Queen's funeral. So yeah. it's been the Queen's funeral today, which we've watched. We've watched quite a bit of actually, haven't we? Pre- I pretty much watched um, the whole of it. Yeah. Th- aside from obviously the significance of the event and the fact that you know it's a massive historical event yeah. in time. All I kept thinking about during the oh, <laughs> during the ceremonies was they must be desperate for a wee. Like at the at first, I was like, I'd be a bit. If ever you've been to a wedding or something where you know you can't really go to the toilet, you immediately need the toilet. So the initial ceremony was like two hours long. Well, the whole. But day. then it looked like they wa- some of them walked from uh, Westminster all the way to Windsor. It's like they must have been desperate for a wee. They, How did they manage I don't, that? I don't know. There must be... Maybe they've been in training for yeah, a few weeks before. I wouldn't be able to do it because giddy on. No. But like being being serious, it was a beautiful, beautiful it ceremony. Was, yeah, it and was. what what a loss. Yeah. What a, what a woman. What a woman. What yeah. a woman. She was inspiring to many. Yeah. And we'll, probably will continue to inspire many, I'd, I'd hope to think. Yeah, well, you just, just think about all those history textbooks in schools that are going to be learning about it. I just think that's amazing. Yeah, it's it exciting that we were part of that history. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Uh, so on the last episode, we sort of digressed and we started speaking about Drake and Josh. I mean, we spoke about every <laughs> TV program under the sun. And we said on the last episode that we did the little impression way. Megan! Megan! And we said, we'll make sure that we get my sister to do as a recording of her going, Megan! <laughs> 
But what we're going to do, this might not work, but we're going to give her a ring and see if she answers and see if she'll do a live impression of Megan. <laughs> so here we go. I'm going to ring her now. She got, has she got any, wait, one sec. Has she got any other good impressions that she can do? Oh, I'm sure. It? Yeah, I'm sure she do. Yeah, yeah, but what, we need to think of them before we, um, what, what other things? Is she, she does a great do? impression of my mum, but not many people know my mum. So <laughs> I could just ask her off the cuff. Just can do some just, impressions yeah. for us. Let me give her a ring. Hello? Hello? So, we're currently on the pod. And you're on the pod now. So, what, we, what we'd what like... So, tell her about the previous... So, basically, what happened in the previous episode is we were talking about Drake and Josh. Right? Oh, yeah. Classic kids TV. Um, yeah. And we ended up talking... Um, you're on it. So just don't say our names. You stressed me out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So we were talking about Drake and Josh, and we were specifically yeah. trying to do the impression of when they go, Megan. And we said, oh, you do a really good impression of that. So we thought, instead of you just recording it and sending it to us, we thought you could just do a live impression of Megan. Okay. Do you want me to give you an example? So I've got the the, the bit loaded. So I've got the the bit loaded up here where they do it. Hang on. She she knows. Oh, no, okay. Know. Just so that we can compare. Oh, hold on. Okay, got them. Play the bit. Right. So this is the bit. <laughs> so you've now got to give I us. Can't a, hear it. You do. Oh, for goodness sake. Anyway, you just give us your your best version of Meg. We were saying before we rang you, we said, have you got any other impressions? But I couldn't think of any. The only one I could think of was mum, but I feel like that would be a bit daft because nobody knows who mum is. Well, there's the other other Drake and Josh one. Do you remember the other one where she goes, that is not my job. (laughs) (laughs) You remember that one? Wasn't that the woman in the cinema? Yeah, Helen. Yeah. Helen, yeah. What a woman. And the, and the, and the one where he's, um, and the one where he's like, uh, you give me headaches! Headaches! <laughs> 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 oh, what a uh, let me think. I don't know what other impressions I do. What other impressions do, do I do? Do, 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 your, uh, Herma- do your Harry Potter impressions. You know the one where there's that TikTok video? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the chess <laughs> one. Like, um, where he's like, uh, <laughs> not me, not Hermione, you. <laughs> <laughs> It's you they want. I know it. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Well, that's I don't know how, that, I don't know how amazing those are. That's filled so, up. So, so guys, um, this is going to be adopted, Auntie K. Yeah. Is there anything before you go that you want to say to to anyone listening? Oh, Auntie K. That's cute. Um, uh, hmm, anything I want to say to people listening? Hello, everybody listening. Glad to finally be on the podcast. Um, I hope everybody who is listening is enjoying listening to 
Mr. and Mrs. K's podcast and their words of wisdom. And I hope if people out there are listening because they need help or advice that they are achieving that goal. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your impressions and your kind words. And we hope that you have a nice walk. You too. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. So yeah, so um, that is my sister. That's on adopted Auntie K. That's adopted Auntie K. That is what our adopted Nougat is in for. Honestly, what a family! I wish him luck. I really do. Him or her? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who We're very knows? open to either. So uh... anything else that you want to talk about before we dive in? No, I feel like that that was a nice chunk of our introduction yeah. complete. So uh, let's get into... Training part two. We're going to be doing modules oh, five to eight. I wanted to introduce it. Go on then, you do it. <clears throat> let's get into training part two, five to eight. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the time? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what we're going to be doing in this episode is basically following on from the last episode, which was the beginning of the training, which was modules one to four. And today we're going to be talking about modules five to eight. So let's just outline what those modules are. So uh, module five is the needs of children affected by abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. Module six uh, was... Just turn the page. Loss Uh, and openness. Loss and openness in in adoption. adoption. Module seven was contact Tact in, in adoption. adoption, and module eight was play, play and, and therapeutic, therapeutic <laughs> parenting. I was trying to, I was trying to say that at the same time. Well, you? Uh, yeah, I know. I laughed every well, time. Well, seeing as you want to talk so often, why don't you talk about module five? Well, that's a bit rude. <sighs> it made me go shy now. But um, so the needs of uh, the needs of children affected by abuse. So we, I think this one was starting to introduce um, like therapeutic parenting um, or like techniques to use um, for uh, or advice to use for adoptive parents mm-hmm. for adoptees. Is that right? Is that the way, yeah. right way of yeah, saying yeah, it? Yeah. Um, uh, and to start with, you kind of they got you to think about like what could be, um, I suppose, the triggers. That and, and well, it says it in the name the the effects of abuse and neglect in the children. So obviously, um, they spoke a lot about which I'd not really thought of, but like the impact of sensory memories. So obviously, think of your your senses and how like sound, smells, anything mm. like that could could be a trigger. Yeah. For example, I think one of the things that really. I said that really weird. That really um, surprised me uh, was, but then it, but then when I think about it, I totally get it. Was the impact that silence can have? Yeah. That with the negative impact that silence, science that <laughs> science had a negative impact on me. Uh, that silence can have on a on a child. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, if a child has been um, just well neglected and is on their own a lot. And when they're crying, I suppose, for their caregiver and they're not getting anything 
they're not getting that that treatment that care um silence can be a really negative thing on them in the future because it takes them back to that place of where's my mom where's my dad why why are my needs not being fulfilled kind of thing yeah so um it really yeah it really surprised me because i think sometimes we think let, right let's go into a quiet room let's calm down let's especially at night time like let's let's like make the place quiet for you so that you you feel more at ease when actually silence could be the worst thing for them to go to bed because already obviously you kind of like they're going into like the dark i know obviously yeah. there's lights and stuff like that that you can use but like you're kind of going into the darkness we're not going to be with them and then silence can be an added anxiety um, because it can lead them back to that time where they were desperate and yeah. in need of someone who wasn't there to fulfill those needs. Um, and so one of the tips that they encourage you to do, if that is the case, um, or if that is a trigger, is to like potentially use music and stuff like that to help them go to sleep or in any situation, just have background noise um, because it can be quite scary for them Mm -hmm. so that i don't know it just made me really think about like yes i mean we look at i mean in all fairness let's think of times where like mem like sensory memories are a good thing like some some songs Mm. to me remind me of like amazing times and then like amazing memory moments in my childhood and then other songs or whatever remind me of really bad times in my life and when there's like certain songs that like I can't listen to now because a, if, if if we go back to when we were trying to conceive, mm. there's certain songs that, yeah, take me back to um, just that horrible feeling of not being able to get pregnant, but other people get mm. pregnant. And What songs take you back to your childhood? You know, you said those like good memory ones. Uh, good memory Can ones. Can you think of any specific songs? Yeah, so when I was in year six, our year six Leavers song was... We're simply the best. And I just, every time now, I just get that, that, that feeling, that goody feeling. Um, what are the songs? I mean, that goody feeling. <laughs> to be honest, a lot of them relate to primary school. I love right. primary school. Um, and so we used to sing, um, Penny Lane in oh, school assemblies. Banger. Um, cauliflowers fluffy, cabbages green, <laughs> strawberries Not sweeter bracket, than any but... I've seen. Um, all those classics. Mm. I don't know. And like, I don't, I've, I mean, I could go on and on, mm. but talking about, um, things that, like, <laughs> sensory, like that would take you back to a time. I don't know why but I've literally written it in this book and it's actually worked out really well because when, I mean, it was obviously a hard time for us, but when we were trying to conceive, obviously around Christmas time, mm-hmm. um, we watched Christmas films and, I think the way that we were able to cope with me, me and you do like to make humor a thing. I don't know if anyone's yeah. noticed. You haven't got a clue what I'm going to say. No, no, come on. I'm um, sorry, I'm I'm kind of taking ages to get to there. But um, me and you, yeah, make humor into things mm-hmm. when we're struggling, and we love the film Nativity. <laughs> oh right, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and I literally, I can't believe I've written this down. It's worked out perfectly well. And one of the quotes in um, in the film is um, when they're doing the when what's the school? It's it's oh, when they go the school? to the, the, like the, the private posh, school, the posh school, and they do like and a really they're doing good they're doing like the Herod murder, yeah. yeah. 
and um, someone, one of the children go, baby, baby, where's my baby? <laughs> and last year, I think my mum was just like, what the flip? Because we'd literally just run around. Oh, <laughs> and we'd go down. We'd run around. Because if we, if we were talking to like our parents or whatever oh. about, maybe not, maybe not my mum and dad, but if we were talking about the fact that we were struggling to conceive, we'd just start going, baby, baby, where's my baby? <laughs> and my mum just didn't know how to react. <laughs> And I think we will continue to do that um, oh, as we go on. Baby, funny. baby, where's my baby? Oh, that's funny. That's the bit where Alan Carr's like eating a sandwich, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprised. And then uh, the the actor, the, what the the head teacher comes on and like just does that really dramatic. Yeah, I can't remember his name now. Oh, it's, yeah. it's so good. What a but, film? What a film? Yeah, that. I mean, that's a funny yeah. sensory thing. Um, but yeah, uh, all jokes aside, um, it really, um, yeah. It's, Century, mm. I hadn't. I knew it, but it is a huge thing, and I've talked again loads. Mm. So you take over. You know, I was just going to say to add to this module, like something that I think I learned was about the fact that it's about understanding what children are feeling because they can't always express those feelings. Yeah, so they they might be feeling worried or like scared or anxious, but they don't understand their emotions. Like if I feel happy now. Mm. I know, oh, that's happiness. Yeah. If I feel sad, oh, I know that's sadness. They don't get what those feelings are and they can't express them and that that can c- cause them to feel confused. And Yeah. So it's about us understanding what they might be feeling and yeah. what's going to potentially trigger them. Yeah. Because then we'll be able to understand better. So it's things like you say, oh, if if it might be silence that triggers them, trying to make sure that we try and minimise that or those yeah. sort of things. It's knowing their their background as much as we can yeah so that we can then help them yeah and well with that um do you want to talk about the technique that they or the tool they um advise i I suppose it's part of therapeutic parenting but why it's actually beneficial yeah um for things like sensory and stuff like that what you can use Mm. so the thing that they uh, teach is an approach called pace p-a-c-e so it's playfulness, acceptance, curiosity, and empathy. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just in situations where some, like a child might be misbehaving or feeling upset or whatever it might be, mm. that instead of just reacting in the moment, you try and adopt what's called a pace approach. Yeah. So it might be that you, like we were saying in the last episode about if children are struggling to get dressed, it might be that you try and make that into a bit of a game. So it might yeah. be that you try and, I don't know, do it as quickly as you can or whatever it might be yeah. like, you know when you're really little and your parents will do like the airplane going into land when they're trying to feed you those sort of things i suppose is an example of like yeah, playfulness, yeah, yeah. trying to make things playful so it's not um as difficult in a way yeah i think uh, one of the examples they use as well is like say they like damage something or whatever mm-hmm. instead of shouting at them being like well, I mean, I do this a lot with kids at school and like say one of them's like fell on the floor and hurt themselves. I'm like, oh no, is is the floor okay? Like, do you know what I mean? Just yeah, being yeah. like playful with your and creative with your kind yeah. of, I mean, someone listening to, me, to this might be like, don't use that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but that's the whole playfulness yeah, thing. So, um, so yeah, playfulness, acceptance, which is to- sort of like what we said about in the last episode about it's about accepting the children for who they are yeah. and for what their needs are mm-hmm. and what their background is. So instead of being like, well, you're five years old, so you should be able to feed yourself. Yeah. Accepting that, okay, they're having a re- 
they're really struggling to feed themselves. Yeah. I'm going to meet that need. Or, oh, it, it might be that they really struggle in like open big open spaces or whatever it is it's is just accepting it. what their difficulties are yeah and to what help their triggers might to, be to try and help them get to that developmental get to stage yeah awesome and then there's c for curiosity so how would you explain curiosity uh i suppose it's the way that you would ask a question so or the way that you would approach like a problem so instead of just being like why you why, have you, done why have you done this so say if they've i don't know they've chuck their dinner on the floor yeah instead of being like why have you chucked your dinner on the floor saying something like oh like i thought you would have been hungry like i'm curious that, i wonder why you're throwing your dinner on the floor yeah. to try and and the whole purpose of that one it fit when we read that one i was like that sounds ridiculous like in a difficult situation like that your instant reaction would be to just be annoyed yeah so i think that's going to be really hard to do but i think when you learn it but i think the the point of that is that you um you're curious about their emotions mm. and that helps them to then be curious about their emotions. Yeah, 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 so yeah. you saying, instead of you just saying, oh, you shouldn't have done that, that shuts off their ability to explore why they've done it. Yeah, but yeah. But you saying, oh, that that was an interesting way of doing something. I wonder why you've done that. Yeah. It makes them think, why did I do that? And then, like we said earlier, they don't understand their emotions. They don't understand why they feel certain things or what those things are. So by asking those questions... It helps them to explore their feelings, their emotions, their behaviours and start to have a bit of sort of like self-reflection almost. Yeah, I think um, just looking at my notes, um, something that also um, is, I think, is a really good tip is not, I mean, a tip for us that we've took from it is the fact that, you know, like you say, like children might struggle to open up or they might struggle to talk Mm -hmm. um, about their feelings and you want to do that in the most relaxed approach. And so sometimes if things have got a bit too much for them and stuff like that, it's really good to encourage them to do, to like do something with you, like do washing the pots or doing an activity or going in the car and driving somewhere so that you can actually talk to them without like forcing, like, you know, eye contact and stuff like that. They might struggle with. So if you can go in in an environment where you're not like fully just watching them and like trying to get stuff out of them, if you're in a more relaxed approach where they can kind of take the mind off it. Yeah. yeah. Conversation and it will help them to open up more. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, And then um, I think they were just talking about like the rebuilding of the wall. So it will take time, but it's like these, yeah, these bricks Mm. will take a long time to put back in place. But if you are persistent with the likes of pace and therapeutic parenting, which Mm. we'll go on to talk about a bit later um over time you're building that attachment that the attachment and it was really nice because i think um the social worker was quite impressed with our awareness that we're not going to attach straight away yeah and um potentially potentially yeah 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 yeah. like being realistic it's going to take a while but actually like working at it like you can build an attachment it just takes time and you and eventually you will rebuild mm. the wall mm. um yeah a really nice thing in, in this bit as well was they they talked about this idea of instead of having a time out yeah this is having time in so yeah. one of the key points in the earlier modules was which we didn't really talk about last time was about being available so often children will struggle because they've not had a caregiver who's available yeah but you being available both physically to meet their needs but also emotionally yeah to meet their sort of emotional needs 
and this idea that if if they're misbehaving or if they're doing something wrong instead of giving them a time out mm. often their misbehavior is them wanting more of your attention and yeah. more time with you so it's having then what they call time in being so, validated isn't it and yeah like yeah. you say getting them instead of just saying right go to your room or whatever yeah being like right let's do something together then let's sit down and you're and, not just shutting them and, down yeah so you you're enabling them to sort of express their I think as well with that, you're enabling them to feel like they can trust you because you're not just shutting them down. You're not just like putting them, like shouting at them, whatever. You're actually like, well, you're available. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because when I I, I think when we did this workshop, we'd met, I think, I don't know if we'd been with our friends or something like the day after or a couple of days after. And I remember they were talking about Super Nanny and the whole like naughty step step and taking time out. And obviously, I don't know if they were saying that that they they've tried that attack, uh, that that idea, but and obviously it works for their children and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which is great. But it it was just funny because it was something that I was like, I just was like, oh yeah, it, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but it was just funny how we literally just learned yeah, about the yeah. whole for us mm-hmm. not doing time out and doing time in and then you hear yeah, yeah. other people saying oh yeah yeah like the naughty step and stuff like that mm-hmm. um it's just yeah our parenting approach is going to be different yeah it's going to have to be it's going to have to be yeah. yeah um but it's just interesting isn't yeah, it yeah totally yeah okay so should we move on to module six then which was loss and openness in adoption so do you, do you want to sort of i think i spoke a lot about the first one do you want to do you want to take over okay um so i suppose this whole module was about the fact that sort of like we said last time that before children come to be adopted, they will have gone through quite a lot of loss yeah. in their lives already. So the fact that they're obviously away from their birth parents, they're going to be in foster care, they potentially have had um, relationships with their siblings severed, which is really painful. Yeah. So they're, they've already experienced a significant amount of loss in their life. Oh, and yeah. the whole sort of teaching was about the sort of cycle of loss. It was a bit like grief, wasn't it? Yeah, sort and obviously we spoke about grief and, on this before. Um, but I think the bit in this one that is maybe better for us to touch upon is this idea of openness. So um, we talked about how you approach the topic of adoption with your child mm-hmm. and how you are open with them about the fact that they are adopted. Yeah. You have what's called like a life storybook, um, which we'll talk about. And just the idea of being open from the start yeah. helps to reju- it helps with their identity it helps them understand who they are where they're from that sort of thing i think as well what's really important is the fact that and i think we'll go on to talk about it in the contact section so it might link in nicely but being being open about their adoption gives them the space to feel like they can freely come to us and be curious about their their family and mm. about their um what's what's the word like where the how the, the, up, the upbringing upbringing and their their birth family and stuff like that they're i suppose their their identity and who they are because you know how you were saying last time about the fact that like when we rang our parents because we didn't know necessarily every question like we have the beauty that we can just ring our parents and they could answer where we went on our first holiday mm-hmm. whereas obviously we can't we we only know what we know but that's huge for the child and so by being open about that what everything we know and being open with them and encouraging them to talk about it like it's giving them a space where they can actually come to us feeling like 
they're not going to upset us or they're not going to they're not they're not bad for for approaching us about it because anything if anything we want to we want them to talk to us about it because i'd rather them talk to us about it than feel the need to do anything secretly mm. so yeah. i think that all kind of openness is so important mm. um yeah i think i think like the whole loss and openness and and the cycle of grief is really really important and interesting and i think i think i would probably i'm just repeating myself now but it just really makes you think like what you just said about the the separations and the change and the transitions the impact that can have mm. on a child like we could be the f- like third or fourth home yeah they go to even if it's we're the first home like say we foster to adopt mm. We could be the first home they go to and still, as a newborn baby say, mm. still that could be huge. Well, they've still gone through loss. Yeah, they've yeah. gone through loss. And like, like what we said before, so we don't need to mm. repeat ourselves. But like, I, I don't know. It, I think this whole process really, really makes you think more and more about the child, which obviously, like we said last time, that's the whole point. Mm. It's key is that it's child-centered. Yeah. And gosh, what those children go through in so many ways yeah it's i don't know it's just hard to comprehend isn't it like i live in a very um privileged bubble where mm, yeah, yeah. i've had my family i've had this i've had that i can only empathize to an extent mm-hmm. extent but the more research we do and the more we we read and the more we learn about it yeah it's so it's mad they're like, really really amazing children aren't they like, yeah they're so resilient to you know to have gone through the things that a lot of them have gone through um it does make you realize how incredible a lot of them are and, and we so our trainer um advised us watch a youtube video oh, yeah. called, what was it called removed removed yeah God, that, was brutal. that was brutal and she just said it obviously it, it's you know it's it's um set in america and it's i think it's dramatized slightly because yeah of making it making it impactful i suppose but it really does challenge you to um it's it was hard to watch because yeah. you just see so you see um a young spoiler alert. G- oh yeah shall i not well go on but just give a spoiler alert just in case people okay spoiler it. alert if you want to watch it but um it um it's a sibling. It's a sibling relationship. And so how old do you think the girl is? She's probably remember. about five or five, six. In the first video, she's yeah. like five and she's got a little baby brother who she becomes pretty much yeah. the baby's caregiver. I think there's like her mum's possibly under the influence yeah, and sure. also is in a domestic... Um, a violent... A violent relationship. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the older sister just absolutely is besotted by her brother and Mm. cares for her brother. And then, um, over time she gets taken away from her brother and her brother then gets adopted, Mm. but she doesn't. Yeah. And it really challenges you to think like, how must that, how must she feel? Yeah. Like her brother's been, um, one is, has been chosen, but she hasn't. And like... Again, I think that's so challenging, especially in our situation, because I mean, we like we can't adopt every child, and no. so there are going to be children that go further and further into the system. Mm. Oh, it's brutal, isn't it? Yeah, it's brutal. But it's really highly recommend if anyone's just interested to look at, like, to watch that. Mm. It's called um, yeah, just YouTube removed. removed. Yeah, 
and I think it's just it, it's a girl with blonde hair. On yeah, the, yeah. On the, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so I'd say that is everything for loss and openness that we really need to talk about. Yeah, cool. And then, so our workshop seven, so we've got two left, was contact in adoption. And I feel like you, again, will be the better person to explain that. Well, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, really. So uh, this module was about how adoption agencies arrange contacts with the child it, it could be uh the child's siblings or they do what's called letterbox contact with the significant person in the child's life so whether that be birth parents or mm. it, in some cases it might be a grandparent um so it's all about how contact works how it's done safely and appropriately and how it can be different for different children and you what you would know before you adopt a child is what their contact needs are mm. so say if the child was i don't know like a sibling of in a group of five mm. and they were all within a contact sort of scheme before adopting the child you would know that this child has i don't know quarterly contacts with their siblings at this place so as part of your agreement as an adopter you would have to be able to meet that need of the child um, yeah. Or it might be that this child has like, annual letterbox contact with their birth parent. I think that, that's the thing anyway. That's pretty standard, that, I think. I think yeah. that is a standard thing. So it's it's really just, it just outlined how how contact was, was maintained, mm-hmm. but then also why contact's really important. Um, and then it sort of talked a little bit about how in later life, children can, obviously with social media now as well, mm, start yeah. seeking out their birth parents and making contacts of their own volition yeah uh, and how as adoptive parents you 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 can't stop them from doing that no but how you can have those conversations with them how you can be open and the, it again shows it's the more importance being, of being open, open helps them in that because they're not they're less likely to feel that they need to search for who they really are because you've helped them to establish Find that, out that. Mm. and then i suppose when when the time when they're old enough so when they're 18 um they they can go and like if our child wants to when they're 18 like we'll encourage them and we will help them in this like the safe and appropriate manner to do so mm. so yeah i think it just really outlines the, the whole openness from workshop six really mm. demonstrates the importance for it in that in in workshop seven because mm-hmm. the more open you are the more likely they want to to find it with you find out things with you rather than go secretly because they're worried of upsetting you or offending you and stuff like that so yeah like they were saying about so we mentioned about the life story book earlier and that's basically just a book that you would have yeah from when you get when you first adopt yeah they do it they do it age appropriate and it would just be it would outline yeah it would outline who you are who they are but also what they recommend is that you include details of the birth parents as well. Yeah. And if if appropriate, that you would include detail. I say oh, details I like a photo and the name, potentially, yeah. if it's appropriate. And again, I suppose that's... But you support by a social worker from so Yeah, from early on, if that is appropriate, then they they know and they can see what their and it's birth something, look And it's like. something um, that they encourage you to, like... It's not for everyone's eyes. Like, yeah, I wouldn't put it... it I wouldn't put it out for anyone to yeah, just come and pick up. Yeah, it's not fair on the... But, the child, uh, like, 
it, I want to. We, it's important to have it somewhere where they can, they can access, have, it. access it freely mm. and non-judgmentally. Yeah, because that's their life, yeah. and I think it's huge. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. But I think that's pretty much for contact. Yeah, would yeah, you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then playing therapeutic parenting. I've not really written any notes. Well, in our notes for today, mm-hmm. um, let's go to my notes. From, well, I mean, yeah. It's, again, that's pretty. Says it really playing therapeutic parenting it's again there's just this idea that the way that you would uh, approach situations yeah. and even the way that you would play might look slightly different because of the child's needs and their background and things like that yeah i'm just looking we like they did those bullet points didn't they there was like loads of them um but i think some of them are similar to what we've already spoke about like empathy timing mm-hmm. no surprises yeah, that was a really, really interesting one. They were saying that uh, sometimes with, so, children with trauma. you know, you and I, I love surprises like birthday presents or yeah. um, on Christmas or even just like something that you're not expecting. But they were saying how sometimes with adopted children that birthdays and Christmases can yeah. actually be a really difficult time because yeah. it can be a reminder of the, fact, uh, that, they're not with the their... fact that they're not with their birth family it can also be a reminder of the fact that those times were quite difficult for them yeah. because again they they weren't in a, a necessarily in sort of a nurturing family yeah but they were also saying that surprises can be really triggering for them because they they don't know how to respond yeah and routine is that was one thing that we yeah, learned throughout routine. That routine was vital so yeah. that they know exa- even to the point Boundaries. where say in the morning you've, you you're sitting down in the morning having breakfast or whatever that you would literally say to them right today we're doing this at this time then yeah. we're going to do this then we're going to do this so then for example they gave an example of say if you went to the park but you just said we're going to go to the park now and yeah. you didn't say we're going to go to the park for half an hour and then we've got to go back again yeah. When you then say and to explain them, why they've got to yeah, go back. When you then say right, we've got to go now, they'll be like, "What? No!" Like, and and they will struggle. They might struggle to yeah, understand that and process it and whatever. So it's about giving them routine. So surprises would be really difficult for them to, process to sort of process and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you said that nicely. Uh, um, just anything else. Yeah, I think it's everything that we've already spoke about, really. Um, and a lot of talking about acceptance. Um, it's, here it says, be king or queen of your home. Always look completely in control, even if it's not. So I suppose that just helps them to trust that they're in a safe... Yeah, I suppose if they saw us panicking and worried... They would... Tra- it would be yeah. transference It's a bit like at work. Like I said before, that I'm a physio. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> but it's a bit like at work. Sometimes things happen... And I'll be like, what on earth is going on? And inside I'm thinking, oh my word, like this is not good news. I've never knew this. But on the outside, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, everything's going fine. Yeah, yeah, To the patient. Because if you start worrying or panicking or showing that you're They're going to, it's going to transfer onto them, Then they'll start being like, what on earth are you doing? Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's the same sort of thing. I think another one that I look quite liked was the allow natural consequences to happen so they talk a lot about boundaries and i think a lot of this you think of it as quite um i don't know the the impression to start with i got is that it's going to be very much oh yeah like yeah light-hearted and it is um but actually they're very much a, they're like 
you need to be assertive as well mm-hmm. and um yeah building those boundaries because they need to feel secure and they need to know like yeah a bit of what you were saying about like routines and structure and stuff like that that's all really crucial to to supporting mm-hmm. the child and one of the examples was like if like the child breaks the phone mm-hmm. not just being like oh it's okay we'll buy you another one being like well no you you broke your phone yeah, yeah. like you you're not we're not getting you a new one mm-hmm. and in and, and things like that where it could be so easy to be like oh well we'll do this like whereas actually it's like no mm-hmm. that's a consequence do you know what i mean so i quite like the yeah. fact that the this it's still like there are consequences to our actions yeah um so it's not just a case of feeling like you're constantly like oh it's okay do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like obviously yeah, 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 totally. i don't know how to explain that well, but I, i've got some examples of my childhood of of that oh my life <laughs> some so what a sight bike so yeah so when i was younger i had my bike stolen when it was outside a shop and i was really fortunate and my dad managed to well he saw the person who had stolen it and i eventually got my bike back yeah and then i was terrible at putting my bike away never used to put it back in the shed mm-hmm. and my dad would say to me hey, every day put your bike away otherwise it's going to get rusty or it'll get nicked and i'd be like no it'll be fine and after I'd got my bike back from being stolen, mm. I left it out in the garden. You were so annoyed. And it got nicked. And my dad was like, well, that's your own fault. Yeah. Second example, oh, got, like, your again, dad, involving this, my dad. This is, this my is dad your was, dad. Yeah, he was on it. He, he, so he, this is fantastic. When I was in year seven at school, we were trying to learn how to do a handspring. Um, so the first step of learning how to do a handspring a is learning how to do a handstand. I thought you were going to bring this one and up. I'm not going to lie. I got insanely good at doing handstands. Like, I was mint at them. Yeah. But I used to do them relentlessly in the living room of our house. And my dad would say to me, he'd say, if, if you do one more handstand, you're going in the garden and you're going to do them half an hour. <laughs> Bearing in mind, it was like January when this happened. It was absolutely freezing. And me being like 12 or whatever, I was like, nah, he won't. So I did another one and he was like, right, get your coat on. And he made me get my coat on, get my trainers on. And in, in uh, my mum and dad's kitchen, they've got patio doors. And he said, just make your way to the patio area. And I'd like you to do half an hour, And please. did he sit with a he cup of tea? He made a cup of tea yeah. and sat in the patio window <laughs> and watched me do handstands for half an hour. Now, you'd think I'd learn my lesson. But after that, I went, I went through a really weird phase. You know when you're a kid, you do weird stuff, don't you? Oh, totally. I went through a really weird phase. I'd learned how to like make trump noises by... You know, the whole armpit. Yeah, but I did it like blowing into my hands. Oh. I can't do it now. Lovely. But I learned how to do it. And again, I used to do it all the time. And he did the same thing. It was like, if I hear you do one more, you go into your room and you'll do it for half an hour. It was either in my hands or in my arm, but I can't remember. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, he won't do that. Yeah. So I did it again to my room, half an hour. And <laughs> my dad said he stood outside the door. <laughs> and he said, after about 20 minutes... All he could hear was me like crying, <laughs> making Trump noises, but crying. And do you know what? It made me carry on half an hour. I um, think my hand was like I think, nearly I think, bleeding. Were you like twenty-two at the time? <laughs> it like last week. Yeah, but so yeah, my dad was on it with the um, allow, allow natural consequences to happen. He was he was the uh, the OG of that. No, but it is yeah. It was. It, I don't. I mean. I can't theraplay. That was all to do with these are. All to, I don't know. These are all more, more like the techniques or yeah. That like was more, an, an actual approach, yeah. wasn't it? The people. Whereas, training. like the theraplay, 
from what I remember, we watched a video and they sung a Twinkle Twinkle Little Star song. What was uh, it? Because we, yeah. we were singing it over and um, over to our dog. You, were, you had to like add in a line about uh, something about their eyes being brown and something else. Like it was describing... Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, what a lovely dog you mm. are. With your eyes so brown like mud. <laughs> <laughs> You're really annoying. Something else. But really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and didn't we just keep doing it? We just kept doing it, yeah. To each other, just running around the house going, Twinkle, Twinkle, <laughs> little star. <laughs> what that. an ugly man you are. <laughs> With your pointy ears so high. You look like an elf um, from don't... Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> running around the house. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, the TheraPlace, um, I mean, they were in like an actual therapy yeah, that's the what I mean. It's like watching. a trained thing that people. But learn. I think they encourage you. I mean, is that what we're encouraged to do that at home? I think they encourage you to incorporate like the, the fundamental points of it, and at then home. certain games that you could try and get them to do. Um, yeah. So if, yeah, I think there's an opportunity to actually go on a therapeutic. Um, yeah, you can play. go on the course. So, yeah. so this is therapy play, not therapeutic parenting. Yeah. So therapy play. I think we can go on a course for that, which I'd actually quite like to do. Um, but a lot of it does remind me of Dance Movement Psychotherapy. Yeah, yeah. So it's got a lot of links. Yeah, there are loads of li- there are loads of links. Um, so I suppose there's pros come out of that one. Hey, Amen. Okay, well I've got a question for you. So uh, let's go to the music. <laughs> Okay, so my question for you would be, what was the most, what's the word? What was the most impactful, is that a word? Uh, I mean, I know what you mean, so yeah, it's fine. What was, what had the most impact on you out of all the workshops? Like, what did you find the most beneficial? Oh, that's a good question. Um... And why? I really liked the pace approach thing. Yeah. I think that was really useful just to... Because I think the thing with the training was it felt like for a few of the modules there was just a lot of theory. Yeah. But I was like, well, what am I supposed to... Like, how is this going to help me Yeah. as an adoptive parent? And I feel like that was really useful to be like, oh, okay, I can see how yeah. this is going to be sort of a thing that I can use in day-to-day life. Yeah. And I think just there were just a few things like the importance of routine, the importance of um, understanding their needs and their background and those sort of things. I yeah. Those sort of things really stood out for me. Um, and yeah, just the fact that they're, they're going to really struggle with attachment and stuff and just being mm. aware of that so that it doesn't feel quite as personal if they do struggle. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, what I'd... about for you? My questions on the flip side. For me, I would say I probably said it um already in the podcast but i think i think the one for me was when we talked about children's development and attachment and um we looked at and i'm obviously i'm repeating myself but the developmental wall so the the attachment wall mm-hmm. and i think you know like you were saying about the fact that um practically it's helpful to have something i think just seeing like like you say, a lot of it was theoretical. So to have some imagery with it, yeah. I found that really helpful. And I think as an adoptive parent, 
I think being able to go back to the the wall mm. and look at where we need to fill in the bricks, yeah, um, where where bricks might be missing, um, it gives us an awareness of like how long that could take to yeah. put that brick back in. Um, I think it's just going to be it's going to be really helpful but I also think it'll be helpful being able to share this image with like our family and friends mm-hmm. because um, obviously we're all a team in this and yeah. it's not just us who are going to have to be aware of like the way we need to be aware <laughs> the way we need to be aware of awareness um, it's not just going to be us that needs to be aware of like how our child might behave and stuff like that um, friends and family will as well so if we mm. can give them this imagery and say like look like think about why i don't know i yeah, just yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. really been really helpful so i would say the developmental wall mm-hmm. was really helpful for me awesome cool well uh that's the end of that episode so next time up, we're probably going to do one on our stage one workbook which we're nearly finished yeah so that'll probably be the next episode until then ciao bella goodbye goodbye now Thank you for listening to another episode of Finding Our Feet, the Adoption Journal. If you'd like to know more about our journey to adoption, then you can follow us on Instagram at finding.our.feet underscore, or you can email us at findingourfeet.adoptionjournal at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you for any feedback, any questions, or just to have a general chat. Thanks. Thanks.